0: Well, I grew up in Mississippi, and when people hear Mississippi, they think rural. They think country. Like, uh, it's like when people say Oklahoma, everybody thinks cowboys and Indians. I mean, I, I had a person that said, you moved to Oklahoma, so it's, it's just horses and everything out there. And I said, well, no, no, there's some pretty real cities and everything. I mean, it's just, you know, and when you say Mississippi, everybody thinks... You know something? Well, I didn't grow up in a rural area. I grew up in a city. My my hometown was Meridian, which had over forty thousand people, so it was a it was a city. Now Jean grew up rural. She grew up out in the country. She grew up outside of a town called Marks, Mississippi, which then actually a town that was a little bit outside of town, which only has even even uh, when I first met Jean, which was thirty something years ago, the town had a post office and two. Two of the little signs that says, here's the town and here's the town. That was it. Now Jean didn't live there. She lived out in the country. In fact, the road to Jean's house ended at Jean's house. So she was way out in the country. So when you think of Mississippi, you think rural but not that way. Look, what are you about when you think about animals and rural? People say, well, you know, what is the smartest animal and the dumbest animals? Many people would say the smartest animal really is a pig. And the dumbest animal is most people would say is a what? It's a sheep. Yeah, the sheep. No wonder, uh, no wonder believers are described in the Bible as the sheep because we, uh, we have to, you know, a sheep has to be led to food and water. They get lost easily. Somebody needs to protect them. Philip Keller wrote a book years ago called the 23rd, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, and it basically takes the 23rd Psalm and shows how God is our great shepherd and and we're the sheep. Uh, so we're going to talk about that because if you're in John chapter 10, Uh, My Bible, at at the beginning of chapter 10, my Bible says, parable of the good shepherd. That's what mine says. I don't know about y'all's. You know, everybody's got headings, and they're all different, different Bibles, different translations. But this little section in John 10 deals with Jesus being the shepherd. When we think about how we're called in the Bible, I want you to think about it. Sometimes we're called children of God. Sometimes we're called saints. Sometimes we're called believers. Sometimes we're just called God's people. Sometimes we're called disciples. Sometimes Christians. Sometimes brothers, uh, But there is one that that we see the most, and that's the church, the body of Christ. And we last week, we talked about, and we raised four questions. We said, what is the church? The church is the body of Christ. It is made up of those who have trusted in Jesus Christ, who have believed in him as Savior. They're the called out ones. The word church actually means called out. We're called out from this world into a relationship with God. We talked about who formed the church. We said, Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. The Father gave Christ to be the head of the church, and the Holy Spirit places believers in Christ in the church. So that's who formed the church. We talked about how the church was formed. Acts 20:28. 20, it was purchased with Jesus Christ's own blood. And then the last thing we saw last week was, what is the purpose of the church? And, of course, everybody at our church, if we don't know this, uh, we haven't been here very long. If you, if you don't know the answer, what is the purpose of our church? It is to make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, making disciples involves evangelism and training and that kind of thing. So that's what we saw last week. Now, I didn't put all this up last week, but I want you to see the seven things we're going to be looking at in the weeks to come. And so Christ, the church, and the emphasis. Christ is the shepherd. We're going to see that this morning. We're the sheep. The emphasis is salvation. He's the groom. We're the bride. The emphasis is relationship. He's the last Adam. We're the new creation. The emphasis is the new person. He's the the great high priest. We're priests. The emphasis is worship. He's the vine. We're the branches. The emphasis is growth. He's the head we're the body. The emphasis is service. And he's the cornerstone. We're the building blocks. And the emphasis is evangelism. So if you notice that, there's a flow of how we're going to be looking at this. If you notice, it starts with our salvation, which ties into the relationship because we're a new person. So what do we do? We worship him. And as we worship him, we grow. And as we grow, we serve. And the ultimate goal is the evangelism of bringing people in and making more disciples. So this morning, we're going to look at Christ as the good shepherd. And we or the sheep. Now, there's a lot in there. There's a lot of things. So, turn to John 10, stay there, and I want you to see that the emphasis uh, in this is salvation, the being the good shepherd and we're the sheep. We'll talk about it. There's a lot more to it, and I'm going to go to a lot of it. Uh, John is one of my favorite books. In fact, if you just said... Well, you know, I got got to be careful because if you said, what book would you study if you could only study one book? I don't know because I think of John, how great it is, and I think Ephesians, how great it is. And then you you think of, you know, well, Matthew is so incredible. And then first and second, Samuel, they're just so incredible. Genesis, my gracious, there's so much. So it's hard to narrow it down. But when you really look at it, uh, John is one of the great books because it's probably the only book in the New Testament written specifically for evangelism. It is written to tell people how they can have eternal life. He said that he put, he did seven signs that Jesus did. He said, this is at the end of the book, he said, many other signs Jesus did that are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing, you might have life. So the whole purpose of the book is... Evangelism. That's, I think, why the gospel of John is so incredible. When we think about it, we, we're, we're going to see that he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. When we think about sheep, Isaiah 53, 6 says, all we like sheep have what? Gone astray. Because sheep, fall, you know, they, they, my understanding is I'm not, I'm not a rural person at all, so I don't really know anything about the animals and things. Many of you do. Many of you have raised animals. But I understand that sheep, are, they just don't know what they're doing. You've got to get them together. You've got to get them to, to the water. You've got to get them to places to eat. And they can easily go astray. Uh, we see that in Isaiah 40, God says that, that uh, like a shepherd, he will lead us and take care of us. So this morning, in John 10, you're going to see three things, which is pretty amazing. You're going to see that the shepherd is the way to life. He gives life. The shepherd dies for the sheep and the shepherd gives security to the sheep. So all this is under the emphasis of eternal life salvation. So let's start with the very first one. The shepherd is the way to life. He gives life. By the way, we always talk about when you believe in Jesus, what do you get? Eternal life. life. You know why? Because Jesus himself is eternal life. He's eternal life. Eternal life is in a person, Jesus Christ. The shepherd is the way to give life. So let's look at the first, basically, John chapter 10, the first six verses. Let me just throw this out where it says, Jesus is talking and he's been telling about that he's God and they didn't want to believe him. And in chapter 10, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, if you don't enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, he says, "Uh, he who does not enter by the door of the fold of the sheep, but climbs up over, he's a thief and a rock. Who enters by the doors, the shepherd, the sheep. Now, there's something you got to understand. In that day and time, when they would come into a town at night, especially if they had been taking care of sheep, there were big sheep pens. And they had a wall around them and one door. And there's usually a person that was the guardian. And a person would come in, he would bring his sheep, and he would say, and he would bring his sheep into the pen. And his sheep would go in a certain section. Somebody else would come in. Now, the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. That's why the shepherd said, Sheep, uh, come here. And they would know his voice, and they would get up and follow him. He says this. He says that sometimes people sneak in and steal sheep. So watch what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door uh, of the sheep... But climbs up another way as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. So he says, the shepherd of the sheep is really the right one. And then he goes on to say, to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So the shepherd is the one that gives the life. That's why John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So the true shepherd would come up to the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper would get out of the way and the shepherd would call his sheep. His sheep knew his voice, they would get up and follow him. Okay. He's saying now, a thief and a robber climbs over and steals things. I call and I get my own sheep. And he's basically saying, this is the way to life. And we'll see it in just a minute. Look at verse seven. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now what he's saying is I'm the way. And we already know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want you to see something in verse ten. Look, what, I mean, excuse me, verse nine. Look what it says: "I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pastures." This verse tells us that John ten he's the door. She- this verse tells us that he's the way. That he's the passage. He's the peace, and he's the provider. Now, this is all under the fact that he's the Savior. Now, watch this. This is what's so beautiful. In verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. He says, first of all, I'm the passage. I'm the door. I'm the way to be saved. He says, if anyone will enter through me, he shall be saved. He said, you realize he's the Savior. He shall be saved. There's no other way to be saved. By the way, what is so amazing, there's no other way to be saved except how? Through Jesus Christ. There's no other name given under heaven, that's Acts 4.12, no other name given under heaven among men whereby we might be saved except the name Jesus Christ. Listen, you can name God and everything else all the time along and it doesn't bother anybody, but when you start saying Jesus and him only, it upsets people because he is the only way. What's amazing is you can talk about, oh, religion and God and everybody's happy, but when you say that Jesus is the only way, that he is the Savior of the world, you make a lot of people upset. Because he is the only way. And that's why Jesus says, I'm the only way. He says, I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. Matthew says, enter by the narrow gate. By the way, the narrow gate means there's only one way. And he is the way. And so when we got to think about this, the shepherd is the door. as Jesus. He's the good shepherd. And he is the one that brings salvation. And he goes on to say, and he will be saved. And he will go in and out. Now, you may not know what that means. But that's Peace. For a sheep to be able to go in to the sheep, come back out, be taken care of. They're not afraid. They know where to go. They know when to go in. They know when to go out because the shepherd is with them. He says that I'm the way. I'm the way of salvation. And you can have the peace that comes. And the idea is a peaceful life. The idea is that, that God saves us. And we know that we're taken care of. And think about that. Uh, and we'll go get security in just a few minutes. He's going to talk more about that. But you know that God loves you. He's with you. He'll never leave you. we see seeing that all through our passages this morning, everything. And so, bottom line, he's the door. He, he's the passage. He's the one that brings peace. The third thing is he is the one that is the provider. Look what he says. He says, uh, if anyone enters through me, that's the door. He will be saved. That's the salvation. And, and he, will be, uh, he will go in and out. That's the peace. And he will find pasture. That's the provision he provides for us. So he saves us, gives us peace and provides for us. And so he is the one who gives eternal life. He is the one who brings peace. Romans 5, 1, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. He is the one who provides. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So those verses, that's exactly who he is. So he is our good shepherd. He is the one that gives us life, brings peace, and provides for us. And by the way, if you go to 10, verse 10, he says, The thief comes only to kill and destroy, but I came that they might have life and what? Have a what kind of life? Abundant life. And an abund-, He says, more abundantly. And so when we think about this first aspect of our shepherd, the shepherd is the Savior. Jesus says, I'm the Savior, I'm the door. You come in and you're saved. You can go in and go out. There's peace. I will take you to find pasture. I will take care of you. Here's the second thing that we find about our good shepherd. The shepherd dies for the sheep. Now, we've already seen that the, the person who is not the true shepherd runs away when something happens. But the shepherd dies for the sheep and he dies for us. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Notice verse 12. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand. He's not concerned. I'm the good shepherd, and I know my own and my own. No, no, then. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Have you thought about the fact that he's our substitute? That the shepherd is the substitute for the sheep? And he's using this analogy. He says, you're my sheep. I save you. I bring you in and out. I give, you, I give you pasture, so I'm taking care of you. And on top of that, I lay down my life. I lay down my life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Think about this. God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were at sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Gave him to what? die for us. First John four ten. and this is love, not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the Savior. Notice verse 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know them and even as my father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray each one our own only but the Lord has laid on him our iniquities. I think it's, it's supposed to be iniquities and anyway, he's our substitute. Second Corinthians says, for God has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. The wages of sin is death. We all sin. We owe God death. Jesus Christ died for us. First Peter 2, 24, he bore in his body our sins when he was on the cross. Jesus Christ, the shepherd, dies for the sheep. That's why he's the good shepherd. And that's why he says, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. I'm the shepherd who saves you. And I'm the shepherd who dies for you to give you life. That's what it's all about. Remember, he said life is in him. Look at verse 17. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. Now, that's amazing to me. He said, no one takes it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up. This commandment I received from my Father. Now, Jesus says, look, I'm going to die, but I'm dying on purpose. I lay down my life on purpose. I bring it back up on purpose we would say, who raised Jesus from the dead? We all say, well, the Father raised him from the dead. We also know from Romans chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. But in this verse, who raises Jesus from the dead? Jesus does himself. So when you say, who raised Jesus from the dead? If you just say, Father, Son, Spirit, you got it. All three raised Jesus from the dead. In the same way that who created the heavens and the earth? The Father, the Spirit, the Spirit. And the sun; they all three created the heavens and the earth. So, you know, they pretty much are involved in every aspect. And so Jesus says, I lay down my life and I may take it up again. I have this authority to lay it down and to take it up. He does this by choice. Philippians says he left the glories of heaven to become a human being. That's the whole plan. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so what we've seen is that he's the way to life. That's in the first part. The great shepherd, the good shepherd, is the way to life because what he does, he's the door. He brings the way in and takes people in and out, gives them peace and provides pasture. How does he do this? The shepherd dies for the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. And the third thing that he does, the shepherd gives security to the sheep. He gives eternal life and they will never perish. I mean, look at this right here. They'll never perish. Look at verse 22, okay? And I want you to get the flow of the passage. Verse 22, all this is in John 10. This is the shepherd passage. This is Jesus being the shepherd to us. That's why we're just staying in John 10. Look what he says. At that time, the feast of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Anybody know what feast that the Jews celebrate in winter? We know Passover's in the spring. First fruits is in the spring. We know that Pentecost is in the middle of the summer. We know that that the Feast of Trumpets is in the fall. And we know that the Feast of Tabernacles is in the fall. What feast do the Jews celebrate in the winter? Huh? Hanukkah. Exactly right. Now, Hanukkah is not a feast that you'll find in Leviticus that names all the feasts. Hanukkah you find where? What book do you find Hanukkah in? You don't. <laughs> Hanukkah is the Feast of Lights, and it's the intertestamental time. It's when the Maccabees drove the, the enemy out of Jerusalem and lit the candle in the temple, and it, they'd only had enough oil for it to burn one day, and it burned for eight days. Miraculous, called the Feast of Lights. So some people say that, oh, there wasn't such a thing as Antiochus IV. There wasn't such a thing as the Maccabees. Uh, there's a feast called Hanukkah that Jesus was in the temple at the feast that was in the winter. And the only feast in the winter is Hanukkah, the Feast of Lights. So he's there. And the Jews gathered around him and said, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? And he said, I told you, but you don't believe. Yeah, you should believe the works that I do. They testify me. And then notice what he says. You don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. How did they hear his voice? He walks up to the thing and says, follow me. And the sheep follow him because he's the one that gives them life. He's the one that gives them pasture. He's the one that, di- he's the one that died for them. And then look what he says in the next verse. I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. He says, I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. Perish means to be separated from the Father. Now, the shepherd says, I give life to the sheep, and they will never perish. Now, notice his promise. He has two. He has a promise and a power. Notice, I give eternal life to them. That's the promise. What's the power? They will never perish because no one, what? Will never snatch them out of my hand. Here's his promise. I give eternal life, and you'll never perish. His power is. Nobody can pluck them out of my hand. It's amazing to me. I've had people say, Well, nobody can pluck you out of God's hand, but you can get out of God's hand. How stupid is that? Let's just face it that's stupid. If nobody can get out of God's hand, you can't get out of God's hand. God is holding on to you. I know all the mamas and things when you take kids, and sometimes I get to take the grandkids somewhere, and I'll grab Riley or Cole, and i say, hold my hand, hold my hand. Now, they may or may not hold my hand, but I'm holding their hand because I'm not going to let them run out. And so the same thing with God, when he says, I got you, we may say, I'm holding your hand, but we let go easy. But he never lets go. And nobody can pluck us out of his hand. And so the greatest truth is, he says, I give eternal life to them and they'll never perish. That's his promise. And nobody can snatch them out of my hand. This is all based on the character of God. This is based on Jesus Christ who is the shepherd. And we are his sheep. So I want you to think about that. How powerful it is that God says, I'm the good shepherd. Not only do I save you and provide for you, I'm the one that died for you, and on top of all of that, I'm the one that's security for you. I will keep you forever because I give you eternal life. We've talked about this. We talk about this in my grow group a number of times. We talk about this in our church a number of times. How many people do you know that do not know that they have eternal life? They may say, I hope so. I I think I might. And you ask people, if you were to die, you think you'd go to heaven? If you were to die, you think that you would be with God forever? To, and, and they don't know. They don't know. What did, the, what did the, the good shepherd say? I give them what? Eternal life and they shall never perish? It's amazing to me to see so many people who do not understand the security that we have in Jesus Christ. So it's powerful, powerful. So uh, look, at, look at this. He is the way to life. He is the door of the sheepfold that they can go in and out and find pasture. He is the one that lays down his life for the sheep. See the ones that don't really they don't own to, they don't belong to him, so they don't care, but he we belong to him, so he lays down his life for us and the shepherd gives eternal life, and we shall never perish. He's the way to life. He lays down his life, and we have eternal life. The very end of psalm twenty third says I shall not, what? I shall not want. He's given me everything. So let me give you some, some applications for a second. Let, do we realize that Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, is the only way to life? He's the only way. He's the door of the sheepfold. Now, robbers climb up and everything, but they're liars. There are people who'll come and say that Joseph Smith got new revelation, and that's the way to God. No, no, it's not. There are people who say, you know, the universe is just one big thing, and what you want to do is just somehow dissolve yourself into this big thing. No, that's not true either. There are some people who say, well, if you, if you do a, a number of good things, you can get to God. That's not, that's not true. Listen, Jesus is the only way to life, and he's the good shepherd. He's the only way. We should be pumped about this. We should be really excited about this because he's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. I've told you this story many times, so I'm just going to go real fast. But when I used to be with the Association University ministers, and there are people from all, all the churches in this town and also all the different religious groups in this town, and they would actually say, please don't use the name Jesus. It offends us they would say it's okay to say God, but don't use the name Jesus. You know why? Because he's the way and the truth and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus. He's the only Savior. He is the way and the truth and the life. Understand the security that we have in Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. What does he promise? Eternal life. Uh, how How do we know that he can keep his promise? Like, well, he never lies, but that passage says that nobody can what? He's holding on to us. Nobody can pluck him out of hand, out of, out of his hand, and so we're safe and secure. I hope and pray, let me just say this in a nice way. I know everybody in this room just about. I hope and pray that every one of you in this room that that if somebody said to you, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? You would say beyond a doubt, you would say, I know I have eternal life because I have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. He died and rose again for me. I have put my faith in him. I believe in him and he promises eternal life. And the moment I believe I get eternal life, John 5, 24, truly, truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has present tense, eternal life every one of us in this room if you have believed in jesus christ for eternal life the moment you believed in him you have eternal life and eternal life can never end and his promise is i'm holding on to you and nothing can ever take it away wow what a great shepherd that he's the shepherd and we're the what we're the sheep and you know what he does he says i'm the door i save you i let you go in and out and have peace And I provide for you because I'm the one that lays down my life to die for you. And I'm the one that makes you secure. Nothing can ever separate you because I give you eternal life.